the thing about freedom is really to let go of our opinions about life. Let it let life come through us, not at us. When we wake up from this from the human self, it's the beginning. Because remember, Constantine, that everything that has happened in our lives are imprints in our body. One by one, they have to come out. Right well, now we no longer have a. At that point, there is no no control. You know, you are not what you used to be. So the purification continues. And what happens with that, the moments have a reason where love, the divine spark, becomes forefront. The divine spark is now that's the love from which we live our lives. And that's where the inner peace comes in. There's only from a place of peace, inner peace. And so judgment, judgment up to people is just gone. And living in a sense of neutrality, which means I'm not taking good road or bad road, I'm in neutrality. I allow everything to be. And, you know, in the world now that is so chaotic, the only thing I can do to support that is to allow my love and my light to go forward. And I really mean that in a very devoted way. Because I feel that things are happening. The paradigm is shifting. And everything that was hidden away has to come up. And that goes to the individual, not just to the planet. Let's take the individual. You want to evolve in a more expanded way, you got to let all the things that have been hidden away to arise. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Morun, and today's guest is Radavi Riom. Radavi is a non-traditional therapist who has been in service for over 30 years. She supports individuals to live in inner peace in the midst of everyday challenges. In serving the divine, she has a passion to encourage and support others to break the code of human conditioning. So, join us for this beautiful conversation where we'll look at Radavi's journey through life, her very tough childhood, and how she got to heal her inner child, forgive her mother, and how she has overcome challenges that were later allowing her to support so many beautiful souls in overcoming their own challenges. There's lots to learn, lots of ideas and lots of stories that will leave you inspired and empowered on your beautiful journey. So prepare yourself for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Radhavi to the show. Radhavi, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are or you were on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Radhavi, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate it. And and what I'm going to do is to really, on behalf of your listeners, to know that you can go through difficulties in your childhood, especially, that have begun the best classroom for you to get to the place where you can become a living advocate for living in peace, being in peace. So for me, I grew up in in an island in Jamaica, and I I was born in a mountain village. 
I would say it's off the grid. What does that mean? We had no water, no running water. We had no electricity. We had, yes, no electricity, no water, and uh, we had an outhouse. But, you know, during that time, I'm going back, like, because I'm very empathic as my, as a child. I didn't know any different. That was like, that's a normal thing. However, what wasn't normal for me is my relationship with my mother. That was not normal. Why was it not normal? Because at that young age, this feeling of being separate, different, left out. And I commonly at five years old would sit by myself, commonly by myself, although it was a big family. I would ask, why am I here? What is life all about? And, you know, I'm probably not the only little child who asked that. Why is it a child asks those questions? Because there is something that is not, they're not happy with. There's something they're suffering inside. Why, why am I here? And I don't, and for me, I did something and I don't ever want to come back. So what part of my five-year-old knew that there was a thing that I had options of coming back? So, I was a very deep, deep, deep thinking little girl. And I realized I was very empathic. So I was a, a, a very sensitive, very sensitive child. And, and so I took on a lot more than I, I understood. But I was very sad because I was taking on a lot that I see around me. So I I stayed by myself a lot, and I would knock my forehead on the floor, and I never forgot it. Even today, I can remember. I didn't have a language that I couldn't speak. I didn't have the language. No, could I express what I was feeling, but I was bottled up with so much, and the only way to get that out was to for me, was to beat my head on the floor. So I, 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 I grew up with a lot of heavy burdens. I felt it. You know, even today I can go back and just say it was very burdensome. And plus my relationship with my mother, you know, she, we could have died in childbirth because the psychic in the town said she had a dream that we would have died if she didn't drink this herb. Bush medicine. And so it happened that we could have died, and the midwife literally had to pull me out. Another thing about going up into that little village, going back and forth, is that I was very attracted to the, the native people. Why is that? In, in you know in the village during that time, not many people went to went through school, high school or thing. So they they didn't have a lot of intellectual things to to distract them from the, the, the nature of their being. And, and I'm talking about we all have that nature of being, but 
I was so attracted to their psychic things and their dreams and and all of that. And I knew that my soul needed to 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 connect that because I realized now I came in with a very indigenous nature. Yes. So let me ask you this, Radhavi. At that age, right, growing up in the village, did you have the support, not necessarily with your mother or immediate family, but the support in the village with people that were similar to you, either empaths or realizing, you know, there's more to life than than what, you know, what's apparent no, to the market? No, no, it's, it was a very simple life and very people didn't go deeply into all these things. And, and in addition to that, I was extremely withdrawn, extremely withdrawn and very shy. And I wasn't talking about anything I'm feeling. This, this was deeply embedded in me personally to say what I'm feeling or being different. I felt very, very different. So when you're feeling this different, right, from a very young age and going back to five years old or even younger, did you know at the time why you're feeling the way or you 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 it wasn't until much later when you realized the why behind it? And that time, I think it was because I'm thinking at that time, it was because my mother blamed me for the difficult birth. I mean, she really blamed me. And as a little kid, you feel something is wrong with you. You cause someone a problem. And so my relationship with her consciously started at two years old when, when I had a physical, physically beaten and locked away in a storm without going through the long story about that. That happened. So it, that was the marker that created a major separation between us. On on the other hand, though, at four years old, I went to Sunday school, and I heard about God and Christ and Mary. Oh my God, my heart just opened, and I and I heard that God is in heaven. So I figured that God was a very it's, it's a it's a being that is greater than me, greater than everyone who is in this physical form. And for years, I would look in the sky to see where is heaven, you know? Where is it? Is it beyond the stars? Where is it? And I think that was a very wonderful moment in my life at four years old because God was a sacred being. And eventually, as I grew older and more in my own evolution, I realized as God is the golden thread in the tapestry of my life. And God, well, some people may not believe, but this is how I look at it. God isn't in heaven. God is in each one of us. And so the beauty about this, God never left me. I just I just rearranged him. <laughs> I rearranged him. <laughs> and so... I separated myself from my memories of my childhood. It was, you know, I just locked myself away from that and and felt that that happened when I was a little girl. So now I'm grown up. That's not me. And 
I did not want ever to talk about my childhood, although I remembered everything. But when I was in my late 30s, I was confronted. I was confronted, and it was a mystical thing that happened, that my childhood was in, my little girl was standing right in front of me, and I thought, I don't want to see you. I'm not connected with you. I actually said it. And she was there every day for three, three, three weeks with the saddest eyes, looking directly in my eyes. And after that, I knew that I had to connect with her. And so when I connected with her, I recognized what the missing ingredient was. I had the memories, but I didn't have the emotions connected with it. The emotions was what held the memories in in, in an imprint in my body. And I would not be able to release any of that or release it unless I would not be able to evolve. I was still being in the in the learning. You know, I think the soul is here to learn, grow and evolve. So that was the difficulty that I that that I held on to. And so I started my own self, I started my self-healing because I know that's the guidance that I needed to do. And during that time, I got to really understand the human conditioning. I knew it without without a classroom. I knew it through my experience. And I realized that was what part of what my soul agreement was this lifetime. That's why I had to be confronted in this mystical moment because I couldn't move away from my for my wounds until I had that breakthrough to start my service to to do, to to, the, to God within me. And and so I, I learned a lot through the experiences. And I want to tell your listeners, your experiences are the greatest wisdom you can ever have. Don't deny yourself the experiences for every, anything. And... Uh, and so I started to support my clients in the very same way that I learned through my own self-healing. And my, my devotion to, to the divine has been a very, very sacred, sacredness for me. And I got to the place of my own self-healing where I could look now at my mother and my childhood and understood it from a more hard space that it was a very important classroom that I had to go through because it was part of the preparation to do what I'm here to do. And and at the point when I started moving away from that belief state, I my medicine bag was handed to me. I remember. We all we all have a little we all have a little gift bag here, but we have to get to the place where we have we have earned it. Yes, yes. We have yeah, earned yeah. it. So, yeah, so that went on for many years. And then the next step is that I now that I was I had really got to the point where I knew about working with the wounded child. I was an authority at that point. Then the next step came where I was given messages to 
yearningly to put it in a book. And those messages were from the essence of our soul, the divine spark. And I didn't know the word at that point. So it's not anything I created from my mind. That was another teaching from my soul and this and the and the essence of our souls because the souls are flames from are sparks from the one flame of God. And so when I look at people, I look beyond their physical form and I know that there's a connection between all of us and it's a spark of our soul. So I, 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 it's hard for me to hear anything that is horrible and to blame someone. I, I, I see from a compassionate heart and understand that they're riding the, the vehicle of belief. It's their belief self that is having that kind of ideas about what life is or who they are. And so I, I have, honored my journey and feel really a compassionate heart to people because I understand the difficulties that humanity goes through. Wow. What a journey. Radhavi, thank you so much for sharing that and for being vulnerable and sharing such tough stories. And I agree with you. The journeys that we take are unique and are important to each of us. And that's where the wisdom lies. And I'll give you an example from my own life. And some of my audience may know this already, right? I've always been someone that looked outwards for answers and thinking the people around me, be it family, friends, co-workers, teachers, they had all the answers. When truly the answers are always within me, within my heart. And it kind of goes back to that idea you shared with as our experiences shape us, but we have the answer. We hold the answers. And if we keep them locked away, then we're not really growing as people. And in your example, until you faced your younger self and be able to connect with your inner child, you weren't able to continue with this beautiful path you've set yourself on. That's right. That's beautiful. And, you know, I, I have said that the child is a wisdom keeper. What? Okay, so an, an intellectual mind would say, what, what, what do you mean? So this is what... I know from my own experience and knowing this, a child, when they are very young without language, and so they come into this world in pure innocence. Everything that they've done in other lives, if you be, if one believes in reincarnation, it's all cleaned, and you're here now as your divine self. So in doing that, they're multidimensional and, and there's a lot of wisdom they have. They just don't have the language to express it. So when we are conditioned, what has happened is we have veiled. Those conditioning is imprinting us with different ideas and beliefs and it veils the essence of who we are. And we are we are trained to live like the rest of humanity from their set of values. And, and if we're really close to our family, you know, that's another little problem because we are going to take on their, their beliefs and their set of values. Exactly. 
So I was lucky. I was separated from that and I didn't have their set of values. However, the child grows up and to to live, to please the teachers and their parents and to and to live the life of what is valued in this physical world, we have look we are looking for more mental structure instead of our divine self. And we many of us have to make an effort to please certain adults. I won't even say just parents, but adults. Because what the thing is, all all human beings and all spirits, I should say, it's imperative that they have connections. We must feel connections. And so that's a sort of a fundamental thing. But if we if a parent please you know please us on one small thing for instance, we just take that on and we'll do anything to get those 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 accolades, you know. We'll do anything to feel that sense of praise or acknowledgement. And and that again can stop us from our own personal evolution. So there's good and bad in all the things that happen in 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 humanity. But breaking the code of the human condition is what my soul is here to do. And that's why I had to go through all of those painful experiences because I needed to really understand it deeply. So it's bedded in my memories. And and so we all have our past. And we, when we look back, we can see these things, such and such a thing happened with me because there was a learning curve here that I needed to learn something. Yes, Radhavi, and I, and I love the way you framed that and you are framing it because you could be resentful towards your mother, towards the people in the village and how you were raised, but instead you're looking at it from the positive angle of like those were lessons that I needed to learn. Yes, they were tough. Yes, they could have been handled better perhaps or taught, taught differently to you, but no, you're looking at it positively. And I love that because that's, that's been a big aha moment in my life realizing that there's always two or multiple sides to a story. You can always approach it from the negative point of view or you can approach it from the positive point of view. And what I'm seeing is that if I approach something from the positive side, regardless of how bad or not bad it is, you're going to facilitate more of those good things happening because now I have a positive mentality, so I'm going to look for the positive in the world around me. But if I approach it from a negative state of view, like in your example, let's say you're looking at your childhood in a negative way, and then you know that propagates into your day-to-day life. Now you're looking at everything from a negative point of view, so you're going to emphasize the negative in your life. And now all of a sudden you keep living the same experiences because why else? I mean, why would you get good things in your life if you're only focusing on the negative and vice versa? And and and, and that that's one of the most important things I want to, as you are speaking that I, I wanted to share with people. When you sit in judgment and negativity, you are stopping yourself from evolving. You are still keeping your, your divine spark locked away behind the door because you're now living as the belief self. And that, 
vitally, vitally important thing for people to recognize. And the, the best part you said that as well, well, not in that sentence, but before as well, is the fact that we each have a divine spark. And I think when everyone realizes that we each hold the key, right, we each hold our own divine spark, and it's up to us to decide if we want to allow the spark to show up and grow the spark, right, to evolve. Well, that's that's our choice, right? And if we want to keep it away and look at the negative side, we have the choice, but we've seen what it does to us, to those around us, to the world. So why not be the change that we want to see in the world? Absolutely. And but I, 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 I don't choose to to ad-lib what the device spark said to me, but I just say that one of the things I said, we were a tiny seed that came into this world. We were the I am present. That's what, and they also said the deepest pain, this is a different message, the deepest pain for us is that our love can't be shared in the world. Touch me to tears sometimes when I listen to that, because what they're saying, you are choosing your your belief self, and the essence of who you are is still locked away. And what we don't realize is that when we live from the divine spark, we are coming from a much higher consciousness, much higher frequency. That is is a a, a leading path to be awakened. I know people are are aware of this word of being awakened, Mm -hmm. but you have to take the journey inside. It's not outside. Yes, yes, Radhavi. And that's been my biggest lesson in the last few years. It's been transformational to once you realize, it's it's almost like you mentioned the veil earlier, and I love to use the phrase of removing the veil and you're finally seeing the light, you're finally seeing the way that's what always comes to my mind. It's like I had a veil on my eyes before. I was living life, whatever. I wasn't happy, right? Despite having the American dream and everything that comes with it. And then somehow you get a push like you did in your 30s. Same with me in my 30s. I got some divine push, divine spark. And all of a sudden, the veils started to slowly lift because of the journey inwards. And like in your case... Mine wasn't easy, and it's not easy to this point, right? Because those are things you don't necessarily want to touch because they can be painful. They can be buried deep down, and they could be tough to to handle. And I think that's what puts people off from looking inwards, and that's why it's so easy for us to look outwards. And I speak in a general term because I'm seeing it not just to myself, but those around me as well and those people I speak with. And everyone that's like you and I, rather we has kind of lifted a bit of the veil or most of it, we realized that at some point, the wait a second, we have the power, but it has to start from within. Absolutely. That is so true. And the, the commonly, we're looking outside seeking to, to find the happiness. Mm-hmm. It's not there. You're, it's so conditional, you know. Everybody's conditional. I mean, even love, it, human love, you know, and I hope nobody gets upset with my truth, but human love is on is conditional. Why do I say that? I want to remind people when they were little children and they get praised, and there are times when the parent is very upset with you because you didn't do what they wanted you to do. 
Or what about your school grade? What do you think? How did you feel when they get angry at you? Or treat you in a place where you didn't, you didn't feel love was coming towards you? Yeah, we learned that that is okay. We learned that conditional love is you love sometimes, and when you're not happy, you don't love. Exactly, and it's <laughs> it's a conditioning. You're absolutely right, and it's from society as well, from families. And it's, I would say, in, in the majority of cases, not every single case, but in the majority of cases, it's not done from an evil place. So it's not done from a place where you are being manipulated or being controlled, but that's all, let's say, our parents or society knew. Now, in some cases, of course, there's some evil doing behind it. But in most cases, it's like you said, what people know or what they've been conditioned to do. So if you perpetrate this conditioning and it goes generation with generation, then, you know, it's going to keep continuing unless you, so me, you in this case, other of you and everyone else that's listening, you put a stop to that and say, you know what, I'm going to be the change I want to see. So it starts with me. So maybe I, I'm going to look at love from the purest form of it, not necessarily the conditional. You're absolutely right, because let's look at love in a relationship, right? Between a man and a woman, a man and a man, or a woman and a woman. doesn't matter who's loving who. It's conditional because the way I see it as well is like it starts with like, well, I liked you because of your looks or what you were saying or what you're wearing, or there's some conditions that made it so I like you as a person before the veil is lifted, right? Like there's always some criteria. And then if that criteria goes away, all of a sudden love tends to follow as well, right? That's why we see so many, at least in my opinion, we see so many people leaving relationships all the time is because to your point, rather, the, the love is conditional on so many things that we don't realize. Like I didn't realize until very late in my life. Yeah, I know. And, and I'd like, what is coming to me to, to say to Constantine is that spirituality is a very interesting thing. We say we're spiritual, and everything that I'm talking about, listeners, is from my own experience, right? So hopefully you can have an open mind and really so think, what is he talking about? So, okay, so spirituality, it also comes from a belief self. There's a judgment attached to spirituality. There's a judgment, you know, I need to do this and I need to, this is the type of food I need to eat. What you're eating is not right. It's a judgment. It's a separate, comes from a separated self. Or, you know, my teachings and belief is better than yours. Okay, you know, you're doing all this. This is all wrong because I know different. Okay. I went through that, you know, and I had a spiritual group and I went through that. And I, I thought I was spiritual from growing up because I love God. But I started to evolve beyond that and I started to listen to awakened teachers. You know, they have them around. And I was very involved in that. And one day I was in a flight, in a plane, flying back to Jamaica, and I was in flight. <laughs> I was reading one of those awakened teachers' book, and bam, my veil, my whole veil fell off. One down, I saw it down the aisle. It's like a, 
it was like a, a cloud self. And in that instant, I knew that all the beliefs and all the spirituality that I was living was coming from my belief self. I was doing all these wonderful things because it was the right thing to do. Yes, yes. So, and, yes. I was going to say, when, when you had that realization, how did your life change after that moment? Oh, it must have been a transformation. It, it was, I could not, I could not go back to where I was because I've seen and I have experienced. I experienced a separate self. The separate self, the belief self fell away. And I'm sitting here and the woman beside me doesn't know what is happening to me. I thought, oh my God, what just happened? I mean, I understood what awakening was. And I said, the only person I can talk to is my husband because he and I, fortunately, were living in the same state of consciousness. And one of the things, and I'll add this, he used to come and he said to me, rather be if I could go in your closet, there are lots of clothes that doesn't suit you anymore, we'll just throw them out. And I said, oh, no, over my dead body, you're not going to do that. You know, when I got off the plane, first thing I did was to call my husband. I said, this, guess what happened? And then the next thing I said, you can go in my closet and take out anything you want. Because what had happened was a, a, a whole awakening of a, a detachment to material life. That was what happened. Because I realized my clothes was my identity. See, I choose to buy them because that's what, I, that's what the body wears because I was identifying with my human self and I thought I was being spiritual. So there are levels for people to understand how far, how far does one want to go? You want to be a good person or you want to be an awakened person, it's different. So, so that's so deep, and I, like I never thought of it the way. I never thought of it the way, and I had similar experiences. But I would like to dig a bit deeper into this. So, when you're saying awakened versus good, right, and beyond the material versus spiritual side of things, what else changed in that moment? Like, what would you say were some of the biggest things you? It's almost like it finally clicked, if you finally realized. Okay. That was the beginning of purification. When we wake up from, this, from the human self, it's the beginning. Because remember, Constantine, that there's a lot of everything that has happened in our lives are imprints in our body. One by one, they have to come out. Right? Well, now... You, we no longer have a, at that point, there is no, no control. You know you are not what you used to be. So the purification continues. And, and, what, and what happens with that, the moments have arisen where love, the divine spark, becomes forefront. The divine spark is now that's the love from which we live our lives. And, and, and that's where the inner peace comes in. Yes, I live from a place of peace, inner peace. And, and so judgment 
judgment of the people is just gone and live in a sense of neutrality, which means I'm not taking good road or bad road. I'm in neutrality. I allow everything to be. And, you know, in the world now that is so chaotic, I, the only thing I can do to support that is to allow my love and my light to go forward. And I really mean that in a very devoted way because I understand that I feel that things are happening with the paradigm is shifting and everything that was hidden away has to come up. And that goes to the individual, not just to the planet. Let's take the individual. You want to evolve in a more expanded way? you got to let all the things that have been hidden away to arise. Yeah. Because how, how can you... How can you get to a higher state, whatever the higher state might mean for you, if you're not checking your own closets, right? If you're not looking in your luggage and say, well, this is too heavy for me to be able to carry myself to the next level. So I have to take them out of my luggage. So now I can board this flight to the next level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then there comes a knowingness about things too. You, 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 you get to see your life in a way that there's no resistance. You get to see, okay, if something disturbs you, said, oh, I'm in a classroom. I need to learn something here. And then, and then, and then there comes a time when many times you feel there's nothing to learn because I'm not being emotionally attached to anything. I love the way you, you just phrased that and the idea of being in a classroom whenever you face a challenge or something you may not agree with. Yeah. Because one of the, my biggest aha moments around that front was the idea that if you believe a certain way, right, and nothing else matters or you're not open to any other ideas, there's only so much you can grow because you have your blinders and you see your own way of, of life. But if you allow everything to kind of permeate your, your mind, all of a sudden you can learn from the, the wildest of places and you can allow information to come in. I know, I know. And, you know, you let go of control. That's what I'm, that's what freedom is. So when I was moving to North Carolina, because I, you know, I'm here 20 years now, I was taking the road. I'm not very good at directions. And it's nighttime and it's mountain and it's raining. So I said, calm yourself down. Don't get killed on the road. And as I turned the curve to go to my friend's house where I was living at the time, Spirit said to me, you are here to experience total freedom. And I thought, okay, my mind does not understand what that means. The mind has a limited way of seeing it, and I'm not going to try to figure it out. I know when I get a message, I just sit and wait for me to get to that evolution of understanding. And I would say that I'm just being humble. I'm just close to it. I'm just being... <laughs> no, I, I, love, I, I really like the way you phrased a couple of those things there. So when you said total freedom is letting go of control, right? Control or the desire to control your circumstances or the imagine or control people or control scenarios or situations. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, and you, 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 you let go and you look. If someone is doing some crazy stuff, you, you know, 
there is something locked in them that they haven't released or, or, or cleared yet. There's something going on. There's an unhappiness going on inside or something. And and now I'm at the place where the homeless, so we have some homeless here in Asheville. My heart, my soul, see them as my brothers and sisters. And I said to my husband, okay, I need to have money handy because I can't leave it in a pocketbook because we have to stop at the light. We don't have enough time for me to get the money to give them. So now I start taking money out and put it in a place where I can is accessible to me to hand them. And it doesn't matter to me what they're using it for. I'm not giving them with a condition to say, if you're going to get drugs, I'm not giving it to you. I haven't. I have, I'm very unconditional when I hand them money. And I always look at them and I say, bless you. And I mean it. It's a prayer for my soul. And so when we, when we, ha- when we let go of our opinions or how life should be, it's a, a beautiful time to, to, to find oneself one in a beautiful time. That perspective is beyond enlightening to me. And, and I love the way you phrased it. And I mean, I'm getting emotional just hearing the words come out of your mouth and the way you explain them. Yeah. And that's what lo- like letting go of control is. Like you're giving from a place of love. Why should you put condition around it all of a sudden? Oh, wow. That's, that's so, it's so touching. It's so beautifully said. And I, I guess one aha moment I had recently that kind of relates to that. I'm curious to see your take as I was in a deep meditative state and this lesson kept coming up and up for me to understand, which was the idea that things are bad or good because our perspectives tell us so, right? Like I could see something as good, but you, because of your experiences and how you led your life, you could see the same thing as being bad or on the spectrum somewhere in the middle. So the lesson I I kept hearing and repeating and I finally understood it was the idea that things are not good or bad. They just are. We, we put a label on them and say, that's bad. That's good. That's it. And, you know, I said, and a long, long ago when my children were much younger, I said, you know, they are on a soul's journey. And my opinion can't hold them into this restrictive place I have to free them to experience whatever it is that they're here on this their own personal soul's journey. And my children have turned out to be beautiful and, 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 and intuitive and never got into any bad things or anything that that I would say I'm ashamed of. No, except going through their own process. You know, everybody every human being has to go through their own process. So I think the, Please, the thing about freedom is really to let go our opinions about life. Let it let life come through us, not at us. And yeah, and so you know when we do that, because I can talk about it for myself personally. I live around nature in a little community. And right now I'm speaking to you and I'm looking through the window and there's nature. And you know it's 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 so gratifying every day I can say I'm so grateful because when we look at nature, if we look from our heart, 
it's more than trees and leaves. They told me the other day that every tree comes from love and their roots are rooted in the earth, in Mother Earth, and they're up there getting flourishing from consciousness. It's so beautiful. And and what we have forgotten to that, we're part of nature. That's a funny thing. <laughs> yes. And that's why a lot of us feel so connected and so different in nature. I live in an urban area, more or less, right? And every time I'm in nature, it's just, if I feel different. I feel more at peace, right? You're more connected, like you said, to yourself and to oneness, right? To the universe, to God, whatever you believe in, right? And there is no right or wrong answer here, right? Like, if you believe in God... Perfect. If you believe in the universe or whatever is in the middle in between that, that's that's fine. That's your belief, right? And make you know how you connect and how you allow that to happen. That's that's on your on you to decide. Yeah. I really like what you said about stopping and thinking about nature as more than just oh some trees inconveniencing us in the in the fall because the leaves come down and now I have to clean right. out. Right. It's just <laughs> seeing the beauty in the world around us. And again, leading from a place of love versus from a place of negativity or fear. Yeah. To me, to me, true compassion, you can't have true compassion unless you have love. Love and compassion goes goes heart to heart because they all come from that divine heart space. So let me ask you this. So you said something earlier, and we keep coming back to it, the fact that love should be unconditional, right? That's the pure love. How have you been able to leverage that lesson with your husband, with your own children, and other people in your life? Well, to tell you, what's 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 happening now is that they say when you are awakened, you you the, 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 you don't come from an emotional state. You are more of a place of allowance. You don't have. Because emotions is, I have an opinion and I don't like it. I don't like what you did. I don't like what you said. But when you don't have an emotion to something, you're not taking your personhood in it. See, this is this is really, and that is not, this is, to me, it's an evolutionary process for me. So, so. I accept what there is. Now, of course, my husband is, is the closest one, the most difficult one. <laughs> you know, because I'm with him 20... And, the, and at home, you you can't carry on uh, 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 an identification, a mask. You you just can't help it. You're going to be yourself. So, But it's really good. I can see how I'm grateful for where it is. And I may not... I may not have that, oh, wow, it's so great to see you. No, that, that fullness, that, I may not have that gushy anything anymore, but I still get many times when my love is expressed in a way that seems like the normal way. But it's coming deep from my heart. It's not coming from something that I should be doing. Do you know many of us are, should be doing this because you know, that's my family. I need to do this. How do you feel? How do you really feel inside? And that's such a, that's, I would say that's such a big lesson for everyone to, to go through. And I've gone through that and I'm still going through it. 
the difference between doing something out of a necessity or a need or a perceived need even, right? Like you believe it has to be done versus coming truly from your heart. And it's such a big difference. And it's, it's a lesson I've recently <laughs> come to learn and I'm still learning and I'm trying to process to truly understand what does it mean to come from your heart? Like you said, right? Like expressing the like genuine love, genuine passion versus coming out of your conditioning, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and you know, Constantine, you know, when you have arrived in an upgrade, I call it an upgrade in your evolution, because something that you have done, you know, in the past when you're, you're, you're evolving, that is that, oh, that just dropped away. I'm not doing that anymore. Not that you're measuring yourself, but you become aware of how consciousness is expressing itself through you. That's so well said. I never thought of it that way, but that makes sense, right? It's almost like going up a ladder and you're like, now you're on the next step. You look back down, it's like, ooh, I've come a, I've come a long way. I'm not, I'm not there That's anymore. Right. I'm here now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 and something that's coming to me, too, I just wanted to say about my mother. That's another story that is probably just unrelated to the podcast, but after she passed, she came to me and, and I did her childhood healing for her while she was not in her body. She had passed years before. She had her own trauma to, to deal with, right? And she didn't have the child stuff. She would never have treated me in that way if she didn't have childhood stuff. But how do I know that she didn't come for my teaching to treat me like that? So it, it, it's a mixture between what, what I chose in this lifetime to experience for my own agreement, sole agreement to do. I had to learn. But also, I know because I experienced it that she had. I, I healed her childhood stuff, and it is it's a very special because she was no longer the mother who hurt me. She was a mother who was also wounded. Yeah, and I can imagine beyond all the sentiments around that, the power that message had to you beyond that, right? Realizing that you know, just because she was a certain way to you doesn't mean that that really represents who she truly is deep down or was, right? And uh, Yes. Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No. And, and, you know, as we are talking about that, now it comes to me that that was part of my freedom. Remember I told you that spirit said, I have come here for complete freedom. I just realized that was part of my freedom. Imagine, I mean, I don't even know where to, where to continue that. I mean, it's, such powerful experiences that, you know, you've gone through, right? And of course, many others as well. And if you just stop and think a bit about what it actually means truly deep down and how you can use, you know, like even that experience as a lesson, like what's it trying to teach you? What's it trying to show you? And try to look at the beauty of it. And then, like you said, evolve to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I would say that, I'm sure that was part of my healing too, had to be, you know, because my mother now became, it's funny, you know, Constantine, I'm really talking about internal stuff. 
I never lovingly from my heart referred to her as my mother. She was a name and a recognizer. The day that I could say my mother and I felt it touch me, I had completed a circle. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, these some of these experiences you're sharing, including this one, must have been so transformative, right? It's almost like you said, you're like, at one level, you have these experiences, you process them, you integrate the lessons, and now as you're doing that, you're progressing to the next stage. Yes. yes. And life continues to, to be this beautiful journey of lessons upon lessons upon lessons. And what I'm, what I'm, or at least what I'm realizing these days is the idea that these lessons will come our way, regardless of us choosing to, to face them or not. Because I remember many times in my life where I would see these lessons, or let's say downloads or messages from my higher self or whatever you want to see those coming from, or coincidences or synchronicities in my life, and I would not pay attention to them. Or I would go through an experience, which was a lesson really, and it would repeat itself a few times and not paying attention to it. And until you really stop to pay attention to those things, they'll still appear in your life, right? You may not realize it. You may not take much from it. And there are people, unfortunately, that go through life without ever paying attention to that. But I believe that once you stop and truly think, you know what, why am I with this person? I'm not getting along with them really well. There might be a lesson in there for both of us or just for me right? Let's stop and look at it. And what I'm saying with a person, right, it could be romantic partner, it could be a friendship, it could be a, a work situation, right, with coworkers, managers, because I truly believe there's lessons in every interaction in life, because we're not meant to be on this journey alone. And even though we can accomplish great things alone, it's together that we truly uh, unleash the best version of ourselves. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, people are put in our path, First, to learn from nothing. I, I commonly say nothing bad ever happens to us. And, and I know that on some level, there's so much wounding that happened to children. And I'm, I'm very, very, very strong about the things that are happening with children on the ground and all of that. And it just, I, I, I can't go there. I don't, I don't understand. I can't, I can't, my consciousness can't make it right. Mm-hmm. But on on a normal level, things happen. A lot of things happen to us because there's an opportunity for growth. There's an opportunity, and it's up to us at that point to decide: do we want to take this opportunity or not? And yeah. based on our conditioning, we may not even realize that the opportunity is there until we step back, look inwards, and try to. Process, or we have a guide along the way like yourself or others that have gone through similar challenges and now can kind of pave the way a bit. It's still up to you to, to pick and choose the tools that may work for you and make the changes. But now you're not alone on this journey. You don't have to struggle in the dark, so to speak, right? You have a, you have a guide of sorts. So, Constantine, I, I, I can see that you have really, you know, your evolution has has really moved forward, you know, and, and you're passionate about your evolution. See, you know, I think I can feel that you are just, you, you've taken off the dark glasses and you said, I don't want, you know, I can look in the sun now and I don't have to worry about anything. And it's really beautiful as I'm sitting in front of you here with my own sense that 
you have moved from situations to a place where you can be more at peace with that because you have a deeper understanding. Thank you. And you continue to open. Yeah. I mean, every day, the way I see it, every day since my, let's say, the veil was lifted, it's been a blessing, right? Like, I can't even imagine how more beautiful the days will be moving forward because every day is a both a surprise and a blessing, like you were saying earlier as well. Like I'm, I'm so grateful for being able to have these experiences and in conversations with enlightened people like yourself, but also with my friends, family, coworkers, right in my in my professional life, and seeing how me being my true self now, not the not the person I used to be, but my true self, how it's impacting those around me. I was going to say that. And I knew that. I I just knew that. And and so without you you just being in a in a in a more expanded space, you, you are taking that field that field is around you and it's affecting the energy field of other people. So what that brings me to, and it's something I wanted to bring up earlier because you mentioned this as well, is the idea that imagine through a conversation like you and I are having right now, we're reaching we don't even know how many people, right? Hopefully as many as possible. And as they progress through their own journeys, imagine what will happen to their fields and the fields around them. And now you're swinging the pendulum from some of the darker times we've been in to more positive times because this has to be and it will be a snowball effect, right? The more people that learn oh, you know, yeah. the true nature of themselves, right? The true nature of love, of their divine flame, right? Or divine spark. Mm-hmm. There's no going back, right? Like you said, once the veil is lifted, it's not like you can put it back on and <laughs> forget about this. There's no going back, to be honest. And why would you want to go back anyway? <laughs> no. Well, that's right. And the, the thing is, too, the collective field of humanity, we're all on that. So we are not, again, the divine spark, we are sparks of the one flame. And so while one makes a positive change in their life, it's affecting the rest because we're on we're there on that on that collective energy that we we hold a space for each other whether we realize it or not. And, and that's the beauty in it because most of us and I'm including myself that do not realize it or have not realized it for a very long time. And that's the beauty you don't realize it it's still there, right? It doesn't change anything. No. Same as like if I decide to not live my life the way I, it's meant to be lived in my heart, time still moves on, right? I mean, the planet still moves along. People still do their things. It's like I'm just staying in one place or going backwards, really. So it's the same idea, in, at least in my mind. It's like just because you decide to now open your eyes or not, that doesn't change the things that are happening. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's that's right. You you're just in that state of perhaps not feeling, you know, the evolutionary state that you could be in. There's something that has come up to me, which I normally, but but this I really want to share with people. So okay. you know, sometimes we we don't understand the depth of how we affect each other. Right. So many years ago, I had a client who came to see me, and and I was told that she had a curse. And I had thought, 
how am I possibly going to tell her? Because I know when spirit talks to me or God talks to me, I have to express it. It's not given to me for myself. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's a message. And so I think the next time she came, I think I had more, I think my spirit was so good to me that I had a way to say to her that was not offensive when she says, yes, my mother, she came from a different country and she ran away with a, with a GI just because she wanted to get away from her mother. So it was that bad. Okay. I learned I learned that when you are unhappy with someone or something and you say, I cannot stand that thing, I can't hate it. We, we, many people come and they say, I hate that thing. I don't want it beside me. I don't want to go up. That, that, that my person did so and so to me or to that person. I'd like us all to stop and see. Anything that was not lovingly expressed is being given from the dark side. No love. Love is not there. When we hate, there's no love there. So let's take it back to ourselves. I know a lot of people, and that's where I really wanted to go with this. I know a lot of people judge themselves or they have secret shames. Or they're always looking at me, oh, my God, I'm so fat. Or I have this line, oh, my God, oh, my hair doesn't look good. I'm getting gray. I have to go color it. In general, not happy with self. When we are discontented with something about ourselves, I say, you know what? I can't stand this thing. Or, you know, and we go get addicted. We go buy the nearest clothes just because we want to look good. Not because we want to look good, but because we don't like ourselves. We're trying our best to look good. That is a really dark shadow we have put ourselves in. Because there's a love in us, a divine spark. That, you know, we are love. We're really love. We're not just loving. We are love. And then Spirit told me that. We are love itself. The everlasting love itself is the divine spark. So when we lock it away, we feel judgment to ourselves. We are not feeling gratitude for, for even the, the life force that comes into this body that keeps it alive. And I don't know, Spirit wanted me to talk about that, to say that, because I've never expressed that before. So let me let me see if I understand correctly because I believe I resonate with that and I, I say to myself as well is the idea that if you don't really look at yourself and be grateful for who you are and what you have physically, of course, and emotionally, it's very hard to also share that externally because if you don't love yourself, how can you love anything else? Truly. Absolutely. 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 And if you don't love yourself, how could you be service of others or how can you be leading from a place of love because you're just despising yourself or hating yourself disliking yourself and i know hate is a strong word so maybe some people may be in the shoes but i looked at myself and that's such a good message because i've, I've been someone 
in examining the spots, right? Oh, I have some gray in my beard now. I was like, oh, maybe I should get some black paint to make it go away so I don't look, whatever, you know, don't have the gray showing up. But then I realized, you know what? This is who I am. I'm not, I, I don't have to worry about how people judge me because I love myself. That's what I'm putting out there, right? And it's almost like it's a shift in mentality. But guess what? If we had this conversation two years ago, you wouldn't see the gray, right? Though my hair would be with gel and everything in it. So it looks perfect, <laughs> right? So I can totally relate with what you said. And it's, it, unfortunately, it's part of our society, right? And social media and the news and how they always portray people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like they put people I in like these. I like the beard, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yes, but, like you know, uh, thank you so much, Radhavi. And that's why I think, like, what I, at least what I was struggling and I'm seeing people around me as well is the society is conditioning us that in order to be happy, you need to have these things or buy these things. Oh, absolutely. Or these things, right? And your message is lovely because you don't need those things to be able to love yourself if you're just looking inwards and be grateful for what you have. Absolutely. And we never learn how to love ourselves, you know, because we're always being told the things that other people didn't like about us. So how do you, how do you recommend to people that have been struggling with this? How would you recommend to them to start loving themselves? What, what does one start? The first thing is to look beyond your physical form. Okay. You say, well, okay. So how do I do that? You maybe you close your eyes for a moment and you breathe. Maybe close your eyes, lock everything out, lock everything out. And when you're in that space, just feel the stillness around you. That stillness. And it's quiet. And so your mind doesn't have anything to have a conversation with. You gently breathe into your heart. Go from here. It's only 12 inches down, maybe <laughs> less. <laughs> and go down here and just breathe and just be. And if your thoughts are coming and going, don't try to stop it because trust me, what you just thought about is not going to be there in the next minute because it's always coming and going. That has nothing to do with you. So you breathe and you ask yourself simple, who am I? Who am I? Who is here? You know, and just question simple. Simplicity. It's the greatest place of discovery, simplicity. So be simple. That's so well said. Yeah. I will try to do more of that to see what else I can uncover. Because I believe at least the, the way I grew up in society, right? I moved from Eastern Europe to North America, right? Different cultures, different school systems. But the idea of simplicity to me, at least in the past, was not necessarily a thing. Everything is complicated or has this many steps so you have to go through this many levels schooling for example to get to a certain point or in a career right it's it's not just simple it's complicated but then we when we take a step back and like you said <laughs> look at how simple things can be and should be then your entire perspective shifts it's the same idea like you mentioned the losing the idea of materialism and you're allowing your husband to be like you know what you can go in my closet and throw whatever clothes you want out it's that idea that now you went back to the roots of the simplicity. Like you don't need, in this example, right, in mind as well, I don't need a wardrobe of 50 shirts and 10 pants and 
many scarves to be happy. That was my old need that I was looking for happiness externally, right? Validation. Now it's all about simplicity. It's like, I like this shirt. I'm going to wear it as much as I can. And it's going to be a simple life. I'm going to take a walk in nature with my dogs. I don't need to go to this fancy event to feel happy. Of course. That's how, that's how I see simplicity. So. I know. I know. It's beautiful when you drop the things that I need to do. When the word need dropped, <laughs> that's you really have. you halfway home. I don't, you know, I need to do this. Oh, my God. Because that person's, you know, whatever it is, I have to please someone else. I need to do this although I don't want to. So integrity, when my teacher left, you know, she was an, a, a non-physical teacher, channel teacher. The one thing I remember, we got a lot of great teaching, is integrity. And I, I really want to take your listeners to the first place, person, to feel that sense of integrity to itself. What does it mean? Don't do anything that you feel you need to do. Say no. When your heart knows that it's no instead of yes. And the vice versa, say yes when it needs to be yes. So integrity is something. So that's another internal place. You know, it's all the wisdom is inside of us. If we just pause and go inside and And listen. (laughs) Yeah, and ask question. Okay, so just just ask, who am I? You wait. The mind will want to may want to come and tell you whether you're this or you're that. You go inside in that stillness. Who really? Um, who am I? Because yes. once you know who you are, then it's very hard to not be who you are, right? Because you are this beautiful soul that has a mission and a plan. And so many, like you said at the beginning of the, the conversation, so much wisdom from your own experiences. So be more of that, right? Why be anyone else? Why be anyone else? And if you don't, if you feel there's something I need to, this this is on my mind, who am I and I can't get it. Seek somebody that you feel you can open a conversation with that can support you into helping you in the direction to stay to want to find out. Yeah. This has been such a compelling conversation so far, Adibi. I want to thank you so much. As we're getting close to, to wrapping up this, I would like to ask you two questions that I like to ask my guests, but I'm actually going to ask you a bit of a different question, if I may. And the question or the questions have to do with time travel. So let's say you could go back in time to before you had your big awakening moment in your mid-30s, to let's say your 20-year-old self, and you could give yourself one piece of advice to help you on this path, what would that be? So someone that's not enlightened yet, someone that's struggling with the weight of the childhood and everything else. That's a good question. I would say, you know, all that beliefs you have stored inside of you, about life, about who you are because of what happened to you, bring them out and take a good look. Is it true? Is it really, really true? Was it a classroom that you need to graduate from? Because we don't get locked in one class. 
remember. There's a discovery here for you to find out, and you'll never find out if you get stuck in it. Mm. Yes. I love that, Adelie. Perfect. I love that. So let's uh, let's go in the future now. Ten years from now, you see all the amazing things you're able to accomplish, the book you're about to publish, right? You see the impact it, it's had on the world, and you see the world in a much better place, your own kids doing amazing things, and the people you've, you've thought, and you get to look or sit with your older self and can learn something from the older self and bring it back to the current time. Would there be anything that you could think of, a lesson, an insight, or something that you could bring back to present to help you again continue on this beautiful journey? Beautiful questions. <laughs> I would really feel that there, there are wisdom here. There are wisdom that we all have when we get to a certain point. What is it can I bring now? to be of service to humanity in a much grander way than I'm doing now. Yes. That's what it would be. Yes, that's amazing. I love that. I love that. And you know what? There's never a wrong or a right answer for this, right? Because each of us have our own experiences and we're at different stages in life. So I love the way you answer both of those. Thank now, you. before we tell people where they can find more about you, is there anything else that comes to you or anything else that you want to share that we haven't talked about yet? but you'd like to, to share with the audience? Yeah. Well, what's coming to me is that, you know, don't forget that we're all united. Although huge difficulties are happening on the planet, you have been hurt in some way or you're yearning or grief about something that happened, a family member, a loved one. You know, okay. Don't, you are not, the sacred temple. The sacred temple is here only because it houses your divine spark, the essence of your being. Your non-physical form, your non-physical, multidimensional. And if someone passed that you loved and you're grieving, know that it's only the body that was shed, but your non-physical form is still there probably around you. And if you stop the grieving, you may, you may have a sensation of that person. Or that we're here to learn, grow, and evolve. Don't stop yourself by pausing and get stuck in one place of suffering or judgment. Don't do that. That's the one. That's one suggestion I would have. Yes. And I, that's such a powerful message. And I mean, I, I can't think of a much better way to end the beautiful lessons that we've shared today. But perhaps before we go, you can tell us where people can find more of you and where they can connect with you or work with you. Sure. I, one thing I offer, I'm offering a 20-minute complimentary guidance to anybody. And believe me, 20 minutes is not short because many of my Clients, you know, tell me when they take that 20 minutes, they start going through a healing. So, and, you know, on my website, you, my website, I think you put that down, Constance. Yeah, I'll put it down in the description as well. So yeah. you may find me at the website and that's where you'll get, see the 20 minutes. And then I think I have a free thing that I offer again on top of that. And it's a big thing. 
cleansing your first three chakras and explaining why the first three chakras is important to cleanse. Absolutely. So for, I mean, I'll put this in the description. Of course, your website is radavi.net, right? And people can find you on LinkedIn as well. So they can find more of the beautiful messages you have to send out. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of, you know, visiting your website and seeing all the information about yourself and all the beautiful sessions you offer. Testimonials. Testimonials, exactly. So I can't wait for others to, to go and see and spend some time and, you know, take you up on the free offer and see if, you know, you are the guy that they need. You know, they may, may not be the case. It might be the case, right? It's up to people to decide who the, who the right person is to, to guide them on this beautiful right. journey. And there's one thing I wanted to say. One of my problems, I have reduced it 50% because I really have such a passion to help people. And, and in these days, you know, in the chaotic times that people are going through, more people are breaking open. Mm-hmm more light, the light is coming through. And I I want to be able to be one of, to support them. So, you know, go look at, look at and go through my website and see. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything, Radhavi. I've learned a lot. I'm fascinated by your beautiful journey and I can't wait until we chat next. Thank you so much. Oh, Constantine, you so wonderful. I felt like I was just having a conversation with you. It wasn't a podcast. No, like, yeah, really, really, it was a very, because we were in a field. We're in the same field together. That's what it was. (laughs) Love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.